Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. This morning, what a perfect time that uh, we dedicate a child because this morning we're speaking on Kingdom Kids. Kids are um, interesting. I've heard statements in regards to kids that uh, it's too bad like wildlife, we don't eat our kids. There, there, there are times that uh, kids, you love them, and then there's times that kids, you just don't know what to do with them. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a kid, you don't understand what we're saying. Well, what do you mean? I'm lovable. Um, this morning, as we talk about king, kingdom children, I've spoke about kingdom men, kingdom husbands. We've spoke about kingdom women. Last week, my wife and, and uh, Miggy spoke about kingdom women, uh, married and single. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you about kingdom children. Uh, one thing about kids, they're, they're, they're cute. In fact, take a look at this. I'm sure you've seen this before. Like, like I do this all the time, and if I go out at the, at the house with the door, Matthew has his toys, and then Matthew has all his toys. Okay, but I have to yell at you guys. Okay, what? Like everything they do at this house, they can trust everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. No, no, but listen to me. Look at if we do something, if you get that out, that birthday off, you're going to break it. Okay, but I'm asking, I'm letting you know but that you cannot. You know, Linda, no, Linda, I'm. Li- look at, look at. You're not listening to me. Linda, listen to me now. Listen to me now. No, you're not listening. I said no cupcakes. And you try to get cupcakes and you try to ask grandma. Linda, Didn't you? Linda, lick it, lick it, lick it. If we do something right out this, if we, if we get clothes, you can't even get them. You can bring your butt. What's going to bring your butt? You and Kevin don't listen. So I have to give both of you guys pop pals in your butt. But Linda, but grandma. But Grandpa's uh, going to give me Peppa's in the butt. No, he's not. Yeah. I have to. You want? You don't want me to hit Kevin, or you don't want me to spank you? No. Why? Because anybody uh, wants to spank me. Then I have to spank Kevin. But he's my little pop-ups. He's your little pop-ups, but he doesn't listen. But Lumba, honey, honey, look at, look at this. Right now, you can't do anything if we can't get everything out of the wall. And we're going to break everything down. I'm not breaking anything down. I'm just letting you know Linda, you cannot Linda, have it, cupcakes it, for Linda, dinner. Linda, Linda, like this thing, I never belong to you. Anything, you can't get anything and anything and anything. I'm done arguing with you. I'm not making it you. You need to listen to the things that I say because I'm the mom and I'm the no, adult. No, look at, listen to me. All the time you get them, the, the, this thing, this, this, this thing, but the, 
I'm done arguing with you. Linda, I'm done arguing with you. The problem is kids are cute. But when I was growing up, things were different. You didn't argue with your parents in my generation. You didn't have kids who ruled the house in our generation. We had kids that understood something called respect. But we've raised a generation that doesn't know what respect is all about. Today, you will get an older person walking on a bus, and if there's no seats, no one will get up and give that person that seat. Because we've raised a generation that thinks it's all about them. See, I I was reading a book recently about raising strong daughters. And, And Dr. Meek said this. She says that you have two cultures when you're raising your children. And if you're raising a daughter and you call her your princess... She goes through life expecting things to be perfect. She expects things to be handed to her. She expects things to be everything to be placed around her. And when things don't work out, she gets self-centered and demands things to be taken care of for her. Why? Because I'm the princess. So there's another kind of young lady that's being raised called a pioneer woman. And the pioneer woman, when things don't work out, she has the ability to rise up in and of herself and make things right when things aren't right. One depends on others to make things right for her, while the other will make things right when they're out of place. And it's not just women. We got our little princes as well where we're we're raising up men and we're calling them our prince, our king. But when things are out of place, they don't know how to handle business when things are out of place. We got to raise pioneer men that have the ability to put things back together again. The problem in America is that many of our husbands, our wives, have married boys instead of men. They don't know how to lead a family. They don't know how to respect. They don't know how to take care of things. And the reason we have disrespectful kids is that we have a wife that can't submit to her husband and a husband that doesn't know how to submit to God. And so when you have disrespect being spread, as a result, kids lose their respect for God because there's no respect for God in the home. And so as a result, we've raised a generation of people that have no respect for anyone. And yet they want respect more than anything. You see, respect isn't given. It's earned. In my generation, there was no such thing as one, two, three. My dad never counted to three one time in his life. He didn't even say, what? 
Before we went into someone's house, he says, you guys are going to go in. You're going to sit down. You're going to be quiet. You're not going to ask for anything. You're not going to, you're not going to get up. You're not going to run around. You're not going to touch anything. You're going to sit there, and then you're going to speak when spoken to. Do you understand? Yes, sir. And as soon as we went in and we started beginning to get fidgety, started to reach around, my dad would just reach and just touch his belt. It, it didn't, he didn't go like this. He would just, with his finger, just flip the belt. That's all he needed. Once the belt got flipped a couple times, I understood, all right, we better settle down. And there were few occasions when we didn't, the belt started coming off. And once the belt started coming off, there was no hope. You couldn't talk them down. You couldn't reason with them. You couldn't, hey, let's talk about this. When the moment the belt was about to, when, as soon as he expended the energy right there, it was over. And today we got kids cussing out their parents, kids arguing with parents, kids getting in the face of their parents, children still arguing with their parents. And what we think is cute as children, when we see them do certain things, saying certain words, you got to understand that you are not dealing with the child. You are dealing with an eternal spirit. And whatever is spoken to that child when they're young... Is going to stay with them even when they get old. So parents, stop speaking to your kids like children and start speaking to the eternity that's inside them. Well, I'm going somewhere this morning. Don't worry. There's a scripture in this somewhere. All right? But I want you to understand something, that the role of the parent is vital. Look with me in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Stand with me as we read out of Luke 2, 52. The role of the parent is vital. And God understood this so greatly that he chose parents for Jesus. He didn't send Jesus as an adult to earth. He didn't send him as a 30-year-old man. He didn't send him as a teenager. He sent him as a baby. And he took time not only to send him to earth, but to pick out his mom and his dad. Parents, I want you to understand that you are chosen for the kids you have. Say it again, Pastor. You were chosen for the kids you have. I know that you want to take your kids out of this world sometime. You think that God made a mistake, but God knew exactly what he was doing when he matched you up with the kid you have. Deal with it. They're yours. I know there's time I wanted a DNA test to make sure. Because this kid cannot be mine. Luke chapter 2, verse 52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and favor with man. Talking about a 12-year-old Jesus that he increased after submitting to his parents. His parents find him. After three days, he was lost. And they find him in the temple conversing with doctors and lawyers. And when they find him, they tell him, come on, let's go. We're going home. Jesus submits himself under their leadership, under their parentage. And he goes home. And as a result of Jesus submitting to his parents, he increases in wisdom, stature, favor with God. In favor with man. Pray with me now. Father, help 
in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to know, parents, your role is vital. Society has tried to diminish the role of a parent, but I want you to understand that this generation is the first generation to be raised without morals. Because this generation is a generation that's been raised by technology. If you take a look at any, walk into any Starbucks, walk into any, any hangout where there's young people, this is what you're going to find. Did you have my, my phone, babe? Let me see my phone real quick. Thank you. This is what you're going to find. That's it. They'll be in a group of people and they'll smile at each other, but they're not talking to each other. You know why they're laughing? Because one of them just tweeted that they were with the other person or Instagram. I'm at Starbucks with so-and-so, but they're not talking. We've raised a generation that's afraid of relationship. We've raised a generation that doesn't know what it is to converse. And I'm talking generalities. Your kid might be better than others. They might be a little more uh, acclimated to culture. But I want you to understand that the role of a parent is vital. Who Jesus was or who he became was in large part because of the parents that he had. He might have been the son of God. He had the DNA. He had the ability there. But it was his parents that showed him how to respond with with quiet spirits. Showed him how to deal with arrogant people. Showed him how to deal with certain situations. And so as a result, he increased. Everyone say increase. Increase means an expanding of capacity, uh, giving you room for more. And I want you to understand that every one of us has the capacity for more. We all have a capacity for more. My prayer every morning is, God, increase my capacity to hold you. Increase my capacity to know you. Increase my capacity to be aware of your presence. That we need to increase our capacity. How many of you have more room for money? Increase my capacity. I want you to understand something, that you have to increase your capacity in order to get more. See, God chose Mary and Joseph for his kids just like God chose you for your child. So kids that are struggling with your parents, we're God's gift to you. Yeah. And as much as you might think that it was, a, it was not a well thought of gift, I'm God's gift to you, girl. So I want you to notice something about Joseph, okay? Joseph and Mary, very quickly here this morning. Take, take a look at this. There, there's not a lot of uh, clues as to Jesus' upbringing. But we can, we can uh, deduct through Hebrew uh, culture the way things were done. The father was responsible for training his son in the, the ways of the father. That whatever the father was is what the son became. And so here when we we find out something about Joseph and Mary, I want you to understand this. Number one is that they valued obedience over acceptance. Listen to me, parents. 
that if we are going to raise our kids, when Mary gets a visitation from the angel and says, listen, blessed are you, Mary, among women. And Mary responds, you know, how is this going to happen? He says, the Holy Spirit's going to overcome you and you're going you're to be found with child. Mary says this, let it be unto me as you said. I don't understand how this is going to happen, but let it be unto me as you said. Mary understood this, that as a young woman getting pregnant outside of the bounds of marriage in that culture did not mean a good life. It meant death. Mary wasn't just saying, yeah, I'll carry Jesus, I'll carry God's baby. She was literally saying this, I'm willing to take my life into my hands to please you. Say it again, Pastor. You're not catching this this morning. You see, some of us would rather be accepted into the community than obey God. We would rather do things that community and society accept rather than stand out and obey God. But there's some things that I need you to understand. That you cannot fit into a society that doesn't know God. God didn't call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. Oh, somebody's got to hear me this morning. It was a difficult assignment, but she wasn't concerned about her reputation. That as parents, we cannot become parents unless we're willing to be obedient to God. To be obedient to God and raise our kids in the ways of the Lord. Secondly, they weren't perfect, but they were consistent. Now listen to me, imperfect parents. I'm speaking to myself. There are times that I get up here to preach and I'm like, man, how how can I preach when I know things are going on in our own family? Things are going on in my kids. There's things that I'm struggling with right now. But I want you to understand God didn't call you to be perfect. He called you as parents to be consistent. Listen, what's wrong, what's wrong at home is wrong on the streets. What's wrong in private is wrong in public. It can't be wrong at this age, but okay at this age. It can't be okay when we're at home, but wrong in public. We got to get some parents that begin to understand what they believe in so that they can impart it to their children. It can't be wrong in one opportunity and right in the other. Why? Because kids learn by what they see, not what they hear. Do you understand that most kids by the age of four years old, actually the statistic says this, between four and seven, they've already learned everything that they need. After age seven, they learn what they want. Between the ages of up to four years old, they learn what they need. Up to seven years old, they learn what they need. They're going to develop the patterns for the rest of their life. So from then on, if they're going to learn anything else, it has to be because they want to learn it. How did the Hebrews deal with their children? How did they get their their little ones to serve God? From the moment they were children, they would take honey and they would place it on their lips. And the baby would taste the honey and they would say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord. And so whenever they would get a taste of sweetness, who did they think of? I want you to notice that they were consistent. 
Every year they went to the temple. They were consistent in their sacrifices. Listen, you cannot raise your kids showing up to church once a month. Say it again, pastor. You, You can't show up whenever you feel like it. It's consistency, not perfection. Consistency that he teaches our kids. Consistency. They need to see it consistent. Third thing I want you to notice about Joseph and Mary was this, is that they were active parents, not passive. Listen to me, fathers. Parenting doesn't end after conception. Some of y'all will get that on the way home. In other words, after sex, you're not done. Once she conceives, doesn't mean I did my part, I'm done with parenting. In order to be a parent, you got to be active. And when Jesus' parents show up after three days and they find them, find him sitting there among the doctors and the lawyers, the Bible says this, even though they understood that he was the son of God, they still were active in parenting him. Parents, you cannot raise your kids absent. you got to be involved in raising your children. How do we do that? By example. Listen, I'm not the perfect father, but I'm consistent. What was wrong when they were young is wrong when they're old. What was wrong with yesterday is wrong today, and it'll be wrong tomorrow. I'm not going to change my stance on something to make you feel comfortable. I know what I believe in. I know the standard by which I live my life. I know the thing that I believe in, and this doesn't change, and nor will I. We can't change things based on the times. Raise a child in the way that they should go, that when they are old, they will not depart from it. See, listen, we have a responsibility, parents, to raise our kids the same way Jesus was raised. What is that? And Jesus increased. Everyone say increased. In wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. Notice this. Wisdom's a priority. And I told you the difference between a boy and a man is his ability to take responsibility. When a boy can't take responsibility, I don't care if he's 45 years old, he's a 45-year-old boy. It's the ability to take responsibility that makes him a man. And so I want you to understand something here. Wisdom's a priority. And wisdom, it's been uh, defined as the application of God's word to daily life. I like to call wisdom this. It is the constant awareness of the presence of a holy God. And some of the NFL players that I deal with, and when I'm doing discipleship with some of these men, one of the guys I told this is, tomorrow morning, Jesus is going to show up at your door in person. And he's going to go with you to work on the freeway. When you get to work, he's going to hang out with you. Uh, While you're hanging out with the boys in the locker room, he's going to be sitting there next to you. When you go out on the practice field, he's going to be there with you. When he gets done on the practice field and you're in the shower, he's going to be there as well. When you get dressed and you're on your way home, he's going to be with you there. When you decide to go out to eat that night or go to that club, he's going to be there next to you as well. And so when you get home and lay your head to rest that night, he's going to be with you as well. And after I told him that, he goes, oh, dang, pastor, that ain't right. So what do you mean? He goes, that, that's not right. I said, why, why is that not right? He goes, I can't, if he showed up like that, I'd have to change all kinds of things. Why? Because if we claim that we have God living in us, 
If Jesus is living in me, wherever I go, I'm taking him with me. Whatever I say, listen, whatever I say with my mouth, Jesus is saying with his mouth. Whatever I'm putting in my body, he's putting into his. Whatever ungodly sexual relationship I'm having, he's having. And you make him an unwilling participant in something that he didn't sign up for. Wisdom, then, is the constant awareness that wherever I go, God's with me. How would your life change if you use wisdom by knowing God's with you wherever you go? Oh, come on, somebody. Now, we're getting a little close to home here on some of these things, aren't we? See, I need you to understand that, that your kids are not just children. They're ageless spirits. They're, they're spirit first before they're human. And that spirit will go on forever. So how is wisdom developed? Number one, wisdom is developed by asking questions. Let kids ask questions. I know they drive you crazy. But they learn by asking questions. Kids learn by asking, by getting information. Secondly, they learn by receiving instruction. Kids were not designed to raise themselves. Listen, mom, I know you got to work, but it's unfair to put your eight-year-old to raise your three- and four-year-old. She's a child herself, and kids were not designed to raise themselves. You can't put that on another child. you got to let them be a kid. It's too much pressure on a child raising another child. Some of you did it. Some of you had to do it. Number three, you got to provide active modeling. Wisdom is learned. See, 89% of what a child learns, they learn through seeing. 10% they learn through hearing. 1% they learn through other faculties. Kids will learn more by what you do than what you say. Take a look at this. Looks like rain again today. Dark clouds gather and fill the sky. Don't know how to talk to you, just know how to say goodbye. There's a principle in the book of Genesis that says every tree will reproduce or every animal will reproduce according to its kind. You won't see a dog giving birth to a cat. 
You will not see oranges showing up on an apple tree. Because it's not in its DNA. It doesn't have that ability to reproduce those things. The principle being is we will reproduce what we are. You can only give what you have. And the generations are getting worse because we got one generation trying to impose morality to another generation when the previous generation doesn't have morality. We can't give what we don't have. See the little clip up there of a little boy flipping the driver off and I actually heard people chuckle. Like that's funny. It's cute. The little kid's flipping them off. You know what? The little kid flipping them off is going to grow up to an adult flipping people off. Because every child has a canvas that we're painting with every word that we say to them. And the words we speak, the things that we do will determine whether it's a masterpiece Jesus grew in stature as well. He grew physically. The physical stature that he grew in is literally self-control. And we're developing a nation that doesn't have self-control. I don't remember at any other time seeing so many diet products on a market. Because they say the number one problem in America, top two problems in America are obesity and finances. Top two problems. Obesity and finances. Why? Because we don't know how to control ourselves. Go to the store, you see something, you want it, use the credit card. Get hungry, we eat it. Jesus was subject to his parents. And it was there that he learned the self-control. Now, I want you to understand, kids don't have self-control naturally. Parents, we got to teach that to them. They will overindulge at anything you give to them. How do I know this? I got kids. I remember my youngest daughter, Jacqueline. My wife and I were getting ready to go speak at a married couple's retreat. And we take off to go speak at the retreat, had my mom watching her. We forgot something about halfway down the road, so we made a U-turn and went back to the house. And we walk in the door, and Jacqueline's sitting there in front of the TV with the tub of butter. Not whipped cream. Not peanut butter. Not jelly, butter. (laughs) Asked my mom, Mom, what's she doing with that? Because she wanted some butter. And the only way I could quiet her down was giving her the butter and sitting her down. She was probably about three years old, two years old. I still remember the picture of sitting her sitting down, Indian style, in front of the TV, 
with the tub and her finger looking at me as I'm walking through the door. I'd only been gone three minutes. In three minutes, that little girl had talked my mom down and into a bucket of butter. Three minutes. Three minutes, she got her way. Three minutes, she broke her down. And she gave in. I need you to understand that parenting isn't for wimps. We have to be able to take a stand for our families. We have to be able to teach them self-control. We have to be able to let them know no means no. That there's certain things you can't have. Certain things you're not ready for yet. Certain things aren't right in this condition. And we got to let them know that this is the standard. And these standards don't change. And you don't just give in just because you're tired of hearing them whine. You don't give in just because they're crying. Who's the parent? It was because of his growth in wisdom and his growth in stature, self-control. Growth in fear of God and his growth in his self-control opened up favor with God and favor with man. Not favor with man and then God. Favor with God and then favor with man. We got to teach our, our, our children, parents, what it is to have a personal relationship with Christ. Listen, Dad, you can't tell your kids go to church and you not go. Why? 89% of what they learn is what they see. And only 10% what they hear. Dad, you got to model it at home. It's up to you. So with that in mind... Are the, the kids, let's go ahead and call, call the kids in. Come on, give our kids a round of applause this morning. You guys like we're doing this again? Perfect timing. Bring her up. Don't, you don't have to take her out. Bring her in. Bring her up. Carry her. See, she wants to come up. That's why she was crying. should send some of the kids up on stage because I don't think we got a whole nother crew of bring them down bring them down oh, yeah you got a moco a little boogie Children are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of right now. And if we don't pour into this next generation, we're going to miss 
the next generation. And Sister Yolanda keeps her class in order. Don't get out of line with Sister Yolanda's class. I'll stand wherever you tell me to stand too, Sister Yolanda. She's raised generations of kids. We're going to pray over our children. Because we need our kids to be blessed by God. Amen. PJ, come on up here. Get up here, boy. If your children are here, if you got a baby or you're holding them, you're welcome to bring them up. We want to pray. We just want to lay hands on every kid that's here. We just want to bless them. We want to speak a blessing over them. In fact, if your kids are up here, would you come join them? Come stand with your kid. I guess you get her back. You don't want to go, huh? You don't want to go. She doesn't want to go with you. If you want to go on stage, or you can go ahead and step on stage, that's fine. Yeah, because it's a. Uh, I don't think we have enough room for everyone up here. Where's your baby? Who has her? And don't raise them. Don't raise them to be Patriots fans. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and pray for you here in a, in a moment. Just a perfect example of, of discipleship and the power of a father. This father here is a Patriots fan. Married a woman that wasn't a football fan as well at all. Is now a Patriots fan have their first child who is now a Patriots fan, have another child that's now a Patriots fan, and another child that's a Patriots fan. From one man, listen to me, one man who had one passion, 
was able now to develop a whole family with the same passion. Don't tell me it's too hard to lead your family in Christ. Because if the father's passionate enough about it, the family, the whole family will follow suit. We want to pray for you right now. Fathers, I want you to pray for your kids. You're the head of the home. And so I want you to release a blessing over your children. And if you're like, Pastor, I don't know what to pray. I want you just to pray what you want to see them become. I want you to release a prophetic word of what you want to see in their lives. I want you to release glory over their lives. And if their dad's not around and you're a single mother, I salute you this morning. But you now have the power and the responsibility to release blessing over your kids as well. And so right now, Father, we come before you over all our children here this morning. And we speak blessing over them. We release the blessings of God over them in Jesus' name. We pray, Father God, that you would release, my God, release blessing. The same way Jesus blessed the children that came unto him. Lord, he released blessing. He released, Father God, purpose over their lives. And we release blessing over them right now in Jesus' name. We call out purpose over them. We pray protection over their lives right now. And we call out, my God, the plan and the purposes of God over them. Lord, we pray that you would protect them. We pray that every purpose that you had in mind before they were created, my God, that it would come about. Lord, you had a design in mind. You had a plan in mind. And we speak that plan right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.